2: no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
3: with every CBD product claiming to do something different it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm to front door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency and consistency scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality visit LazarusNaturals.com today Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.
0: You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So, before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear.
1: Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio.
4: Welcome to the worst
0: year ever. We'll get through it together or not. Everything is so dumb dum Welcome to the
5: worst year ever, except for everything's better now and everybody's happy and we solved all of our problems um, Wait, and that's the end of the, the whole series. My so, mom, uh, my, mom my
4: mom, incorrectly called our show best year ever when I was on the phone with her yesterday and I started well, laughing and she well, didn't realize uh, what she said. And then I apparently said, think about she's that. right
2: think Yeah, that's what that. we did. We fixed it. So fixed that's what it is now. We yeah, I
1: mean, if everything's the absolute worst and then we fix it. Then it's no longer the worst. It's the best.
5: It's the best year ever. All right, everyone, we're done. Thanks, mom. Go home. Um, Well, you're uh, already home. Yeah, I got to stay there because of the. Yeah. You you, you can't leave. You can't really do anything else.
1: Here, we might as well talk for an hour.
5: And some of you are probably on the verge of homelessness now due to the economic collapse. Should we talk about Joe Biden?
1: Let's talk about the election at the very least. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I didn't Uh. prep anything about Joe (sighs) Biden.
5: <laughs> I feel like it's been forever since we've talked about politics, yeah. Because it has politics been has been hard to care about.
1: It is. It's so weird. I mean, well, you you were taking a much needed break last week, and we chatted with Dave Kim from California's thirty fourth district, and that was a, a taste of it. But you know, there's something hopeful in in Dave Kim, the Dave Kim conversation, um, whereas you know. Everything about the twenty twenty election in general feels very bleak. Um but it's time, it's important. It's what we originally set it's what out. This show to is do. going
2: to be, right? Um, um yeah, and uh as much as um it seems like the current president is really um a a disaster that everybody hates and that his opponent is um you know Hiding and Coast and doing well. Uh it's, Biden. It's Biden. Oh, why didn't he try that?
5: Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> know if it's something that he Biden wants Biden. to
2: announce that he's doing. Um that's definitely like the plan, but I don't think it's it's a uh, yeah it's good to say. By the way, I'm like keeping I'm keeping a low profile.
1: Yeah. He's Biden his time, still mm-hmm. stuck on that one. I love we that. Were, when we were brainstorming what to talk about. We considered doing an episode that's deep dives in all the vice presidential candidates, but we weren't sure when that information was going to come out, when he was going to pick, if it would make this, um, you know, outdated immediately. Uh, so yeah. instead, we've broken it up into a few different components. Uh, Robert, you wanted to talk about conventions.
5: I love conventions. Um... I would love
1: to learn about what you learned. About you conventions.
5: Know, when this all started, this podcast, and also politics, the thing I was most excited <laughs> about, Katie and Cody, the thing that I I had dreams about that I would wake up at nights in a cold sweat, overcome with glee, over was taking y'all to the RNC and the DNC I know. because yeah. the, the I if you've never been to a political convention, they're terrible. They're just yeah. the worst things people do. Is 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 political conventions there's something so much <laughs> less depressing about watching war crimes committed in real time than than attending a political convention because at least the war crimes involve a degree of physical risk on behalf of the people committing crimes against humanity whereas political conventions are crimes against humanity that uh people get paid 850 dollars an hour <laughs> to commit um and it's just it's they're just terrible um yeah. and we were going to go we were going to watch the protests and we were going to drink terrible mixed drinks with names mm-hmm. that were puns based on members of the Republican Party. Um, and we were we were we were going to have a, just a really bad time. we were going to watch Ted Cruz give a speech in person. I don't know if you've ever seen Ted Cruz give a speech in person, but you can see the nictitating membrane on his eyeballs mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and the the way that the 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 fake skin that he has stretches over the carapace underneath God, it. I would um, love to see that in person someday. The non-Euclidean mm-hmm. angles of the geometry of his thorax. Oh my God! It was yeah, it was going little to little be small such. The little bacteria just like dripping out of his mouth every once in a the,
2: while. The, the
5: way cannot... he lays his eggs in Chris Christie's nose. All of the things mm-hmm. you get at a at a political convention.
1: I can't believe I'm saying this, but I was looking forward to that. It, the was last gonna time <laughs> it was going to be great. I saw you guys beautiful. in yeah. person. Uh <laughs> Robert was in town for a live behind the bastard show, Billy mm-hmm. Wayne Davis. Aww, remember And the live Which is the shows. primary vector
5: by which the yeah. coronavirus spread in yeah. Los Angeles. I remember. It's I have nightmares
1: very, about clear. all of yeah. your dirty hands that I shook that night. Yep. But mm-hmm. I love you very much. I sprayed um,
4: each and one of your hands with hand sanitizer yeah. after everything.
1: Yeah, they had night. they
2: had uh, uh homemade hand sanitizer there. But,
4: but I also had we my lavender one I remember do
1: you remember the, my, it was so Yeah. Loving. You were on the
2: ball. Yeah. You kept us all Very safe. Very
1: re- relevant. It is relevant. Um <laughs> I remember when you were in town though Robert even at that point we had the president's speech on <laughs> at the office and you were still talking about Ooh, I think it'll be even more fun to go with coronavirus and see what they're doing at these conventions. <laughs> it would have been it
5: would have been amazing.
2: Oh, and we would have been Well, yeah, just... you wanna drop you wanna drop like the horror show into
5: yeah. the middle of a plague, right? Like yeah. that's that's how you heighten it even more. It would have been incredible. And we would have been drunk just the whole time. Just outrageously wasted watching a bunch of Republicans lick each other's eyeballs, and refuse Mm. to wear masks, and cough in the middle of crowded elevators. And it would have been wonderful, and at least one of us would have died of lung failure. Mm -hmm. Um, But unfortunately, that's not going to happen. That future was stolen from us, um, because the president has announced that they're not really going to have a convention anymore. And And this is
2: official now, right? Yeah, this is official. This is is official.
5: And it was quite a process of getting him to be like, all right, I guess I won't have (laughs) thousands of people, most of whom are over age 60, crowd into an auditorium in the middle of a pandemic um, in Florida, uh, which is famously known as the no hospital beds state. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I feel bummed about that. So what happened? And this is fun. uh, the, The whole story is very fun. Um, so the, like, like, like two months ago, um, the Democratic Party announced that, you know, because of the pandemic that was killing tens of thousands of people, they were not going to be doing an in-person convention. Correction.
1: Um, Hundreds of thousands of people. Continue.
5: (laughs) Oh, yeah. But just only 150,000 Americans. And I don't care about other people. Sure,
1: sure. Okay. Fair.
5: Yeah. 150 um, confirmed. Okay. Yeah, on. 150,000 human beings and then however many foreigners. Uh yeah. so <clears throat> now um yeah, the Democrats were going to go do a, the DNC in Milwaukee. Uh and that was going to be terrible. Um but now it's not really going to happen. Um so they cut back on on everything and basically like you have to kind of legally just because of the way that like political parties operate as legal entities you have to have some sort of convention, but the Democrats basically said we're cutting back to just the minimum number of people necessary to like, you know, there's a bunch of like shit that has to happen. Right. Like there's like people have to be like formal nominations have to be made. There have to be like the kind of formal votes that all mm-hmm. of the shit that's happened in the um the primaries up to this point is, uh, was was kind of preparing everyone for. Um, and you have to like make, you know, the, the candidates got to give a speech, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, the
2: platform, all that kind of thing. Yeah.
5: yeah. So they're basically just doing the formal stuff that they legally have to do with the minimum number of people necessary in a massive hotel. That's being completely like, like very carefully curated and managed to ensure minimum, uh, risk of the spread of the act of the virus. Um, which seems broadly responsible, right? And it'll also, it'll be useful in terms of, number one, they're kind of mis- risking the minimal number of people. And number two, it will kind of give us an idea of, like, can you do anything in person in the coronavirus right. era like this without it being a, a horrendous rate, way, like risk to human life? Like, is Have it possible you, to even handle minimal stuff? Right?
1: Have you seen numbers of what that actually would look like?
5: I think like it's only, like, people- a couple of hundred people. Between it's like still the, a actu- lot. yeah, still. between the actual and not all of those are like the people who actually need to be in the room at the same yeah. time, right? Um, I think it's like a hundred and fifty something people um who are going to have to, like be in a very large auditorium at any given time. Um, most of what's going to be done is going to be curated content from like different satellite locations that will be uh, streaming over the internet. Um, so it's uh, yeah, basically the Democratic convention is going to be one enormous zoom call. And if you've been on any Zoom calls or if you've heard a friend talk about Zoom calls offhandedly, um, you know that's going to be terrible. Like the Democratic <laughs> Convention is going to be deeply unpleasant. Um, all of the uh, all of the speeches are going to feel completely soulless and devoid of human connection because that's how it feels whenever politicians who are trained to work rooms have to give speeches oh uh, over the computer. I um, can't
1: wait to see some like... Terrible jokes that do not land because nobody's even there to like oh. A laugh.
5: Oh it's god, it's terrible. gonna be amazing. They gotta Hearing, do like yeah. uh
2: like uh canned stuff, right? Like a laugh track or applause track. Yeah, like, uh, like Bill if we're Ma's lucky. Doing on his show. If we're yeah, lucky we'll get be some part.
1: really good frozen frames of people where the it's buffering mm, and Biden's yeah. making some grotesque face. That'll be I'm, fun
5: excited for Joe Biden someone talking to him off camera in the middle of, spe- <laughs> of his speech and him asking them what repeatedly um while just just silence screams <laughs> at all of us uh from mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. empty room around him that's going to be the part i like we'll be fine we'll all we'll all feel safe and good about uh yeah. the progress we're making and the, yeah. the place we're at It won't feel like the country is literally dying and we're all living through the opening scenes of a horror movie. What I love about the Democratic Convention is that it won't make a perfect 15 seconds to cut in the middle of all of the rioting and the initial news stories about the spread of the pandemic. um, That looks exactly like the opening to the second Planet of the Apes movie after civilization (laughs) has been destroyed. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, and I, I do think that the, like the opening of the second Planet of the Apes movie, uh, the Democratic Convention is going to end with a single broadcasting tower in Brazil uh, sending out the last message of the human race into the cold, uncaring stars empty of all intelligent life. So um, that's
1: something to look forward to. It'll
5: it's culminate gonna be in an underground bunker with a nuke too, right? Yeah, yeah, and we'll be worshipping the nuke. That's going to be the good part. That's when things get better. Yeah, when we paint a nuclear missile gold and worship it. I'm very much looking forward to that, Cody.
1: Hashtag it gets better.
5: It does get better. better, It does get better if we're talking about the original Planet of the Apes series and not the remake. Because they did not have a whimsical nuclear cult who live underground.
2: Yeah, very disappointing. Because we
5: don't know how to make movies anymore. No, we
2: don't. We failed. But we digress.
5: Yeah, we do. So that's <laughs> what the Democrats did, right? Is is look at the real world and go, "All right, well, the only thing we can think to do is something not creative and deeply disappointing, but at least we won't <laughs> endanger huge numbers of human lives by yeah. doing it." More. And the Republicans said, to. Yeah. "Fuck that!" Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> if there's one thing we love, it's endangering huge numbers of human lives. You fucking cowards! Yeah, uh, bring it on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what they've been doing. And it was initially supposed to be in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um and this was kind of like a weird call because Charlotte uh the mayor of Charlotte is is a democrat. Um it's a it's a democratic city. Um and North Carolina was a swing state in 2016. It did go for Trump. Um but it's pretty damn close. Um and Charlotte as as of this point is like a pretty Demo- solidly democratic city. Um, so it was kind of like a weird move for president Trump to be like, I'm going to do my convention in Charlotte. Um, and you can see like, there's a, there's a level of kind of like tactical thinking to it, right? Where, you know, it's a North Carolina is going to be one of the States that Trump is, is worried about. So holding the convention there, you hope you get a big bump from it. Um, and it kind of like helps you deal with one of the problem areas in your electoral map. So, uh, in a normal election, I think Charlotte kind of makes sense as a, as a target. Yeah. Um, but when the pandemic hit, it started to become a problem for the president because the mayor of Charlotte, um, again, like it's one of those things where like there was a lot of debate within like the city council of Charlotte, um, and the local government because uh, they all hate Trump, um, but also uh, they are desperate for money, um, especially since the pandemic started to hit, they got even more desperate for money, mm-hmm. and the p- convention was going to mean like two hundred million dollars in revenue, uh, and the city couldn't really afford to turn that down, um. The Nash, uh, Ada Fisher, a national committee woman uh, for the state GOP in North Carolina, told the New York Times, "quote There are a lot of liberal establishment people here who just don't like the Republican Party. People didn't want it to happen just because Republicans were involved, but Charlotte can't stand to lose 200 million in revenue right now. And that was sort of the um that was sort of like why it happened or why it it was on its way to happening. And then as the coronavirus got worse and worse and worse." Um, the mayor started being like, "We're going to have to like actually lock this shit down." Um, and so they, you know, uh, uh, tried to work with the president. Um, and kind of said like, "Hey, we you can still do the convention here, but we're going to have to socially distance. So we'll have to like basically have half as many people as normal in the arena. Um, and everyone's going to have to wear masks." And that made President Trump furious. Uh, The thing that he particularly hated was the idea that he would be giving his speech in front of a half empty arena um, because he wanted to do it into a a massive packed crowd uh, of excited fans. And he didn't want them to have masks on because that doesn't look as exciting. Um, And again, all that has ever mattered to him is is looking good. Uh, So his concern was that, yeah, it might not look like a full house.
2: He's TV man. He knows what he's doing. He's TV man. He knows what he's doing.
5: Yeah, so uh, I'm gonna read from a quote from a New York Times coverage on uh, on kind of the 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 conflicts between um, uh, Cooper, the uh, the the mayor of uh, of Charlotte, and President Trump. Quote: um, On a phone call with Mr. Cooper on May 29th, Mr. Trump said he would not deliver a speech in front of a half-empty arena, and he wanted a quick answer on whether the state would accommodate him. According to two people familiar with the call, Mr. Trump asked Mr. Cooper what he should do. The governor said, "Or sorry, governor, not mayor." Uh, the governor said that they should work to find a way to scale the convention back, one of the people said. As the call wrapped up, the president reminded Mr. Cooper of the ways in which the federal government had come to North Carolina's assistance during the peak of the coronavirus outbreak. I think we've done a good job, Mr. Trump said. Testing ventilators, we got you a lot, and that's okay. We've been good to you, Mr. Trump added, according to one of the people familiar with the call, who spoke anonymously to discuss private negotiations. We gave you the National Guard. We gave you a lot, he said to Mr. Cooper. You and I get along good. You've been nice to us about it. Which I just... I. I love the constant, like, the fact that he can't not be a mafia guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so like, frustrating. We this offered this you
1: our protection.
5: Like, this governor's being very reasonable and is just yeah. being like, I want to endanger the minimum number of people uh, in your convention. And the president's like, I sent the National Guard in when you guys were having a right. disaster over this pandemic. Why won't you let me endanger more people? I got you ventilators. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I got
1: you enough, thing enough that, ventilators. I, I, did the I, thing that that I everyone. thought I sent
2: you the message. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He did the thing that everyone expects him to do. <laughs> like the thing he should be doing. It, yeah. Not the not the National Guard, the ventilators.
5: Yeah. I'm sorry for referring to uh, Mr. Uh, Roy Cooper uh, as the is the is the mayor. He's the governor. I'm uh, cracked out as hell still um working mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my notes are a little chaotic. But yeah, so that that's the that's the gist of what happened in Charlotte, right? Is um you know they he had a conflict with his governor, and kind of halfway through it, about a month or so ago, as it became clear that um the that Charlotte wasn't going to kind of back down, or that North Carolina wasn't going to back down on basic health measures, uh, Trump began threatening to move the convention. Um, and his, his, his number one pick was Jacksonville, Florida. There were a couple of reasons for this. One of them is obviously <laughs> that Florida is also a swing state right now, right? Like it's very competitive uh, between Biden and Trump there at the moment. Um, another reason is that Jacksonville was a pretty reasonable drive from Charlotte. It's not hard to, to get from one to the other. Um, and another reason is that the president, you know, is a, is a monster who loves endangering people. And if there's anything Florida likes, it's also endangering large numbers of people. And oh yeah. So, yeah. Uh
2: Desantis even today was like, hug, hug people. He mm-hmm. was recommending people
5: go out and hug Jesus. to make themselves feel better.
2: So. And I, if you're a fan <laughs> of Governor
5: Desantis of Florida, I recommend that you hug your family members who are also fans of Governor Desantis uh, of Florida. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> we might especially, as well go for it now. <laughs> I guess, especially if you have coronavirus. Yes, you're please. the ones that. Why not? Um, Fuck it. Go comfort yourself. With your like-minded friends, yeah. if
2: you're well, if you're feeling sick, yeah, go feel go comfort yourself by get your your tongue in their ears. Don't suffer
1: alone. Yeah, yeah, don't suffer alone. As
4: as, as my son would say, lick their eyeballs.
5: Yeah, Uh, you know the best way to register each other to vote is to lick each other's eyeballs. I've often Mm -hmm. said that. Mm -hmm. That's the process. That's what
2: it says in the Constitution.
5: That is, the Constitution is mostly about how to spread plagues to each other. Um, mm-hmm. in order to celebrate the best methods freedom. of eyeball looking. It's very
2: informative.
1: And everything informative. in the Constitution is spot on. Go ahead, yeah. Robert.
5: So, uh, this was kind of a financial disaster for the Republican Party. Number one, most of the money they'd already spent, all of the money that they'd raised to do the convention in Charlotte, and they couldn't really get it back. Right. Um, And they also were out additional money because the government of Charlotte spent a bunch of money to prep for the convention and the federal government owed them it back, right? Like, because it was kind of fucking Charlotte over, um, Charlotte had to be compensated for the money that they'd spent prepping and all of the money that the Republican Party had put into things like, you know, booking hotels and security. Most Mm. of that was non-refundable. So all of these donations, you know, every year or not every year, but every time that there's a a big uh, 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 election convention, uh, the parties solicit huge numbers of donations from their richest members. And there's like a, a bunch of benefits that you get, obviously, as a politico from from throwing money into something like a convention, including access to the candidate. Um, but all of these, you know, a number of these people threw money into Charlotte because, you know, planning for that and fundraising for that started ahead of the coronavirus epidemic. Um, and then the epidemic hit and that money was blown and they were trying to raise money for Jacksonville and all of these rich people who were uh, Republican Party backers were not willing to throw more money in, in part because they didn't want to risk their own lives going to a convention. Mm-hmm. Um, so it became increasingly clear over like the cur- cu- the, the course of um, June that this was not going to be, no matter what Trump said, a real convention um, that nobody except for the the most dangerously unhinged people <clears throat> wanted to show up at all. Um, and that there would be no money for it. And in fact, uh, law enforcement in Jacksonville began warning the government that they did not have the ability to actually make a convention safe. They couldn't provide security. They didn't have the funding for it. They didn't have the manpower for it. They were completely overwhelmed by what over the course of the month grew into an out-of-control epidemic. And they they could not guarantee the president's safety or anyone else's safety. <laughs> um So it just kept being awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the Secret Service is down manpower because of all the people who got sick um, in part during the last couple of rallies the president did. Um, Everything's really good is the point I'm making.
2: Well thought out, too.
1: You
5: know what
1: what else is good, Cody, Robert, Katie? Are you at? Yeah.
5: You know what can guarantee your security in the city of Jacksonville, Florida?
1: Cans.
5: Coronavirus. Yeah, of coronavirus, the coronavirus. cans mm-hmm. of
1: coronavirus
5: so please buy your own canned coronavirus <laughs> now welcome to the
4: worst year will get through it together or not.
0: it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you
2: do when you win like are you a fist pumper, a woo a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kinda like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com.
6: No purchase necessary.
3: VGW. prohibited by law, See terms and Conditions, 18 plus.
0: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you.
3: Oh my
5: God! We're back.
4: We're
0: back.
5: We're back. Jeez. Oh, oh wow. Yes. A so, break. Um, you know, basically, what seems to have happened, and again, the New York Times has been kind of the 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 uh, outlet that has most heavily covered the convention drama within the Republican Party. Basically, what happened is that internally, all of Trump's advisors at least the vast majority of Trump's advisors, who most of whom have a certain base level of competence that includes not wanting to die of the plague, um, repeatedly tried to push him that to not do a convention, that 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 doing one even in Jacksonville was a horrible idea. Uh, they tried to get him excited about like online town halls and convince him that he could reach tens of thousands of people, you know, in individual towns and regions without making them leave their houses. Um, But publicly, they would have to go and talk about what a good idea it was to hold a convention and how well the convention was going to go, um, because we're just a fundamentally broken society these days. Now, one of the things that made uh, Trump um, and his his uh, officials kind of hesitant to cancel uh, the convention was the fact that they are continuing to push the reopening of schools. Um, mm-hmm. And so there were a lot of like folks who were kind of on the pro convention side of things who were like, well, if we're going to reopen schools and we cancel the convention, how do we justify that? Um, and uh, yeah, that that's cool. So how uh,
1: do you justify that?
5: well they they kind of seem to have landed on the fact that most of the Trump supporters at the conventions would have been over fifty um and so they were in danger, <laughs> but clearly, teachers are all young um and student and young and and little kids never get hurt by diseases no, so schools must be reopened um and i I hate to say this because like i I can't. It's a sign of how weird the year has been that I'm not in favor of spreading the plague to children. But I, I just don't think it's a good <laughs> idea in this in this current economic environment.
1: Wow, bold pivot!
4: Mm-hmm.
5: I'm now anti infecting children with the plague. That's how bad things have gotten. So whatever you say, man. Are are you pro the plague? I
1: children?
5: I'm on the fence. Seen a, you he's know? a lot
1: of compelling evidence to suggest. That Q would like the children to return to schools mm-hmm. because they are the actual plague. Let's yeah, get them all know, together mm-hmm. and kill them. You know what at renders once. you
5: immune to being molested by a cabal of Democrats?
1: Coronavirus. Yeah, that's dead. exactly
5: right. A ventilator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yep. I don't. Yeah, it's not great. So, uh, yeah, things continued to degenerate. Um, at one point, the plan was to have. Uh, they started like coming up with alternate plans for how to do a partly in-person convention, a- and they were trying <laughs> to minimize the risk uh, to people. But the plan they came up with just would have risked people in multiple cities. So they had this idea cool. to uh, open the convention with a convention in with like a single night convention in Houston uh, that would be opened by Melania Trump, um, and then they would have on the second night. A single night convention in Indiana that would be opened by Vice this President is... Mike Pence. So um, dumb. And then on the third night, President Trump would make a speech in Jacksonville. So no. like the they came up with no, like, what if we sense. just do instead of a three night convention in one state, what if we do three one night conventions? Yeah,
2: you spread it out. Like that's, you spread that spread it out all over the sense. country. You just spread you spread it out that way. Uh, there's more of it.
5: Yeah, I can't even like, there's an amazing line in the New York Times article about this quote, proponents of that plan said a roving convention could have been spun as a powerful message about the country reopening everywhere with the bonus of avoiding a single large crowded gathering for full full days in one city. It's just amazing. (laughs) Like, I, it's uh, astonishing. I sound logic. I don't see the problem. I can't believe how dumb it all is. Um. But yeah, it and it does seem like so obviously eventually like a week or so ago the president was like, all right, well, we're not going to we're not going to do it. Now, now the Republicans are are planning to do basically the same thing as the Democrats, right? President Trump's going to give a speech. Cucks. They're going to have like a minimal sort of thing. They they're, they're going to start, they're going to have one night in Jacksonville where there's again literally like 100 or 200 people who do kind of the legally necessary voting shit, and then Trump's going to give a speech in Jacksonville. No press are going to be allowed. Almost no people are going to be allowed. There's not gonna be crowded rooms of fans or anything. Um, and then it'll be over. Um, and we will Man. continue to <laughs> barely care about the election as uh we fist fight police in the streets and uh prepare to set up sniper traps for the landlords coming to evict us. Um it's gonna be a fun August and September. What
2: a Jesus.
5: Yeah.
1: It really is. <laughs> That's gonna Almost be a real low
2: energy speech. I don't he's think that's going to be great. He's going to, that's going to be like a toss up between which one is more painful to watch him or Biden's. Like they're I, both going to be like you can't feed, if he can't feed off the energy of a crowd, no, he's
5: useless. No, and that's what's great. And I, I just based on the interview he recently gave to that, um, was he Australian? Jonathan the Swan. John yeah. from Axios. My yeah. my assumption is that his his acceptance speech is just going to be ninety a a spirited ninety minute defense of Gillian Maxwell. Oh. Um oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. Gotta, he's working on it now. He's trying yeah. to get like as much uh, you know uh just he, he pulls out a PowerPoint line <laughs> by line, he's going through like the charging documents. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Here's <laughs> why I
5: wish her well. And okay? then just
1: keep wishing her well. It's gonna be a nightmare. It's It'll be so a good. fascinating nightmare.
5: Yeah. Um so everything it's just going to keep being bad. Um And uh, it yeah, it, but there's not going to be a co- a convention and that's a bummer. Um, that's <laughs> yeah. a real bummer. I was looking we forward all- to taking you all. Uh I was we were starting to talk about uh inviting my 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 young photojournalist friend Garrison um before uh, it became clear that uh, there wouldn't be a convention. I was really looking forward to um, endangering the life of a teenager uh, as well as <laughs> the lives of my co-hosts uh, by t- going to Florida.
1: Well, a teenager um, is ju- dancing dangerously close to being a child, so we, we already exactly, established yeah. that they all deserve to die from this.
2: Yeah, that is yeah. True, Katie. Back to school or back so. to the you know the convention, one or the yeah. other.
1: Speaking of everything being good, I wanted to talk a little bit about mail in voting you know that sexy topic that's on the front of everybody's minds Ooh, um yeah. so do you guys do you remember when the president suggested that the election be delayed indefinitely? Yep. you remember that it I might do be like forever ago, that. but it was mm-hmm. days ago uh yeah, no, he he did that because of, you know, the pandemic, even though, as we've already mentioned, um, you know, <laughs> kids would have to go back to school, but no, we have to delay the election. Anyway, after a lot of pressure from everybody, including Republican leaders, um, he sort of abandoned that uh, and pivoted to a new demand suggestion that the election be called on November 3rd, even if millions of ballots remain uncounted. This seems Um, like
5: something that couldn't possibly spark massive violence nationwide.
1: No, not possibly.
5: He wouldn't want
2: that.
1: What's what's that's not from him. I've got this quote. I've been watching elections and they say the projected winner or the winner of the election. I don't want to see that take place in a week after number or after November 3rd or a month or frankly with litigation and with everything else that can happen years But let's be real here. Millions of ballots will be uncounted on November on November 3rd. Uh, There's many reasons for that. But one big one is what is happening with the Postal Service right now. And This is where I talk a little bit about the Postal Service. Um, So what is happening with the Postal Service? It's not good. Uh, I'm sure everybody is all aware of Trump's attacks on the personal, on the postal service, his repeated claims that they can't be trusted to deliver ballots. Uh this has all come at a time when the post office was already under extreme financial distress over the past ten years. <clears throat> post offices on have purpose. been closed. Mm. Well, they've been closed across the country. Um rural mail delivery is stretched thin. Thousands of post office workers positions have been a limit, uh, have been cut. Uh and this is of course, has been exacerbated by the pandemic. Um, yeah, thousands of postal workers have, have taken emergency leave to quarantine after contracting the virus, or when they had to care for their children. Uh, and these absences have led to a lot of delays in mail delivery, especially in uh, a lot of swing states like Ohio and Michigan. The outgoing Postmaster General recently warned that uh, without immediate intervention. They could run out of funds within the year, meaning that they would have to shut down, which is just something so unfathomable. Of course, Trump's attacks didn't start uh, with the election on the post office. Uh, that's just, let's be real, that's the latest tactic he's using to sow doubts in the whole process. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's been railing against the post office for years, primarily because of their relationship with Amazon and Jeff Bezos. Um, they get a, a discounted shipping contract, uh, From the post office Um, but that's all kind of you know general information about what's happening but now let's talk about Louis DeJoy uh, (laughs) who's the Trump donor with no experience who has become the new postmaster general this little excerpt is from the Washington Post DeJoy, a North Carolina logistics executive who donated more than $2 million to GOP political committees over the past four years, approved changes that took effect July 13th that the agency said were aimed at cutting costs for the debt-laden mail service. That's what they said. Uh, They included prohibiting overtime bay, shutting down sorting machines early, and requiring letter carriers to leave mail behind when necessary to avoid extra trips or late delivery on routes. The new policies have resulted in at least a two-day delay in scattered parts of the country, even for express mail, according to multiple postal workers and union leaders. Letter carriers are manually sorting more mail, adding to the delivery time. Bins of mail ready for delivery are sitting in post offices because of scheduling and route changes, and without the ability to work overtime, workers say the log jam is worsening without an end in sight. End quote. Uh, um, that's, that's just a terrifying. brief- It is terrifying, and it poses very, very real concerns on how long it will take for people to receive their ballots, if they even will receive their ballots, and then after that, how long it'll take for ballots to be sent back, if they will even be received when they are sent back, because, you know, what we need in an election is uncertainty about whether or not our ballots are going to get counted. Um, I believe that there are... Only there are 16 states that uh, require mail-in ballots to just be postmarked on Election Day. But there are 34 states that will not accept mail-in ballots after Election Day. Uh, And to make it even more confusing, each state has their own rules and time frames. For example, Alaska will accept a ballot for up to 10 days post-race if it's postmarked. On or before the election day, but in Kansas, uh, voters only have like three days or something like that uh, post election. <sighs> it's just all incredibly frustrating. Uh, it
2: sounds like we might not <sighs> have an election.
5: You know what I love is that Oregon, a state so profoundly dysfunctional, uh, that our police officers tear gassed us more than 100 times in the space of five weeks. Uh, for yelling at them from the streets. Um, and we have had the largest budget shortfall of any state in the country over the coronavirus, um, and we're still attempting to reopen bars and restaurants. Like, a, a, a historically dysfunctional state that no one lives in that hates funding their own schools um, is has been able to, for many years now, run elections completely through the mail um, despite the fact that politics here has always been a complete fucking disaster. Um, Oregon Very manages to do it, but it's impossible for the rest of the country, clearly. No other well, state could handle such a task.
1: What's been so frustrating about this is to see this conversation, us just talking in circles about it for so long, about this issue.
2: When <laughs> Every day. Every, every day.
1: day. But... Honestly, for years now, <laughs> and yes. the problem is, I, I spoke about this uncertainty. Okay, this this postal service stuff, the 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 way the pandemic has affected the question of how the election will be run. All of that is new, but this this issue of mail in voting is not new, and it's something we've all known. Uh, we need to start getting organized with a long time ago in order for people to understand how it works, to have confidence in how it works. And at this point, it's just, (laughs) I I don't see how we pull it off. I don't, I don't see how this is anything but a debacle, especially with the president demanding that um, results be announced the night of uh, and, and all of these delays that we're seeing, um, We're all aware that Trump has been raging against mail-in voting for a long time now. It terrifies him. The prospect of getting more voters and making it easier for people to vote could potentially be catastrophic for the Republican Party, except not really because they can stand to benefit from it as well with all their rural voters, with their old white racist voters who are susceptible to viruses you know, in theory, it could be a boon for the GOP in those regions with those demographics. Um, just what was interesting, earlier today, Trump tweeted this out. Uh, Whether you call it vote-by-mail or absentee voting, in Florida, the election system is safe and secure, t- tried and true. Florida's voting system has been cleaned up. We defeated Democrats' attempts at change. So in Florida, I encourage all to request a ballot and vote-by-mail. Hashtag MAGA. So it yeah. benefits him there clearly. I mean, that's <laughs>
2: just fun that he's using the like. Florida figured it out,
1: but you like, know, all I, the other he states was around haven't. for two
2: thousand when Florida didn't really work out. But um, <laughs> great job.
1: That's too long ago. He doesn't remember that. <clears throat> I don't yeah, know. It's of all. Course. It's all just really. It's terrifying. Um,
2: yeah. It's but I mean, because I mean, no matter what happens, no one is going to be satisfied with the results of the election. Yeah, Uh, it doesn't matter. Doubt has been planted in every
5: single person about no matter what the result is. Yeah, um, like honestly, either President Trump is willing to uh, take power and no one on the left stops him, or the Democratic Party is willing to take back power and no one on the right winds up really having the cojones to stop them. Um, one of those two things will happen and nobody will believe in the validity of the the election. Not even most of the people who get their way in the end. So you right? don't think that nope. this is
1: going to be a big uniting event? No, I, ca- I- I I think
5: this is the. I think we're at the start of a death spiral that's more or less unstoppable at this point. Oh, Um, honey,
1: we've been spiraling for a while now.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just picking up speed. Just the, you know what it's like. You know what it's. We we've been sick for a while, um, like a coral reef. But there's a certain point in like the death of a coral reef where the reef itself is still alive. But the damage is so extensive that its annihilation is inevitable. And I think that's yep. the point that we're at.
4: Great. Oh, I also want to point out that, you know, Katie is serious when she throws out honey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> one, one other thing I'm serious about before we take an ad break is, I guess, the takeaway, the call to action. I want to impart with you guys about this conversation, and that's to send your ballots in immediately. Do not sit on it. Send it in, especially if you live in a state that is uh, not honoring ballots that come in after election day. So please check up your state's rules and please be responsible about it and tell all your friends. If there's one thing I would love to see from our listeners, it is uh, their own work at getting this issue out send in your ballots immediately and yeah I was just joking that, about <laughs> the
5: country being doomed by the way everything's gonna be okay please please send in,
1: send in the please vote Right, uh, mean, right like... <laughs> it'll and, be fine
5: and yeah. please
1: enjoy these ads we're bringing to you right now and please stick around for after the ads when we're back to talk more about this nightmare welcome to the worst year ever
3: Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you.
6: Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. Make Mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N dot com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand.
0: Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call.
4: And uh, I, ah, I was ah.
5: just thinking about how I really have deep um, and profound faith in democracy and the fundamental courage uh, and decency of the American people, and things are going to be great. That's what I was thinking about.
4: I don't okay. believe you. I
5: think yeah, that adds up. It's as, I'm K- a liar. As,
4: as Katie would say, "Honey, oh,
5: <laughs> so." let's keep going
2: I mean
1: Cody let's, I don't what know, do you got like, for us
2: so like we're, we're
1: gonna... <sighs> he's clutching his face in horror Cody was given the task of I'm so sorry talking Cody. about <laughs> so some sorry. of uh, Trump's it's, latest bullshit and his inherent authoritarianism fine. yeah the
2: authoritarian stuff and um this is gonna be a chaotic little hodgepodge of just frustration because the thing is I mean both of you had shades of this in your uh
1: Oh sure, yeah.
2: in what we're talking about. It's impossible to not uh touch on it every day. And I think what we're really pointing to when we talk about this now is obviously the uh you know, the secret police and uh the election pushing and stuff. One thing I will say is that I think a lot of people are starting to use the word fascist more to refer to the president specifically. A little bit, you'd see it sprinkled in. Um, not really a lot of political figures using the word. Not really a lot of like actual like journalists uh, right. in the like mainstream media like using that word. They've been very afraid to use the word. But like you can find an article from two days ago that is just called like Trump's tactics are right out of the authoritarian playbook, and you can find an article from three and a half years ago called trump's tactics are right out of the authoritarian playbook and it's starting to just feel oppressively useless uh just like every step of the way where we are uh and again like four years ago people talking about we're like a boiling frog like they they push the line a little bit uh and every little bit you get used to and then we're here or whatever And I just get this overwhelming sense of that, especially now Mm -hmm. in just like in looking and how people talk about him, because it really hasn't changed much. It's gotten a bit louder, but whenever even his election quote and his tweets about pushing that election back, you know, the reaction would be this is extremely dangerous or he didn't really mean it. Uh, It's just something he says he's not really going to do anything or like he actually can't do that which is one could say a bit naive (laughs) um
1: one could say that
2: one could maybe say that uh because even like since the beginning tweeting things like uh i have the support of the police the support of the military the support of the bikers for trump i have the tough people but they don't play it tough until they go to a certain point and then it would be very bad very bad and like people kind of freaked out, but then also people were like, well, he's not like, what's he's is this, this this tweet? But then you have him uh, sending in the feds to uh, beat the sh- shit out of Robert <laughs> and like, and all these
5: protesters. Um, oh, now we're streets. fun. We're friends. We get along. You're having, you know, you're having a, a great time. We got a, we got a thing going on. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I tweeted th- this today. You're reminding me of it because uh, it was just today. I just was thinking back on everybody in 2016, uh, the day after the election, saying, how bad can it be? He can't do that much. Calm down.
3: <laughs>
1: how bad can it be, they said. Anyway, sorry. Continue. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah,
2: so like that's uh how bad can it be and it can be uh a global pandemic and uh sending in uh the feds to cities to clean up the the crime because he's the law and order president, right? And it's just sort of like a uh he's cashing all these checks, right? That we all that we all saw him write since the beginning. Uh he does all the things that authoritarians talk about at least. He's always talked about all the leaders uh who have you know well now he's president for life maybe we should do that like all these sort of like little praisings of authoritarians now and throughout history
4: Mm -hmm.
2: um and his approach to everything is in conflict with reality um and that has always been something that has been like a touchstone of like fascist movements literally Mussolini said that uh (laughs) F- the <laughs> To create a fascist national myth, it is not necessary for it to be a reality. Um, it's all based on this fake spiritual myth-making um, and getting people, like, working people up into a frenzy. Um, and uh, saying these sort of, like, trial balloon phrases and, like, talking about, he's talking about the violence. I got the tough people. He's not going to do anything. He talks about those things, and then he doesn't necessarily, it's not about crossing the line, right? Um, it's about nudging the line a little farther.
1: Yeah, you keep moving the goalpost.
2: You move it a little bit, and then... So now the resistance is a little bit closer to where the line used to be. They've crossed the old line, but you don't see them crossing the line because the line is actually moved. And it's just been this sort of slow slog of him doing all these things and saying all these things. And... um, I don't know. We're in the uh, middle of this crisis, and one thing I think that can be said about um, also, like, fascist movements and and regimes in, in general, aside from the fact that they don't, like, start at the end, which I see a lot of people say, like, well, you can call him a fascist, therefore he's not. Well, okay, that's not how time works. Um, so he's done, like, you do all these things, but one thing you can say is that uh, if there's a major crisis it's either really good or really bad for them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, This, in our, uh, our leader's, like, gross incompetence and uh, very obvious ignorance, uh, even in the Axios interview that Robert mentioned earlier, uh, we see this sort of floundering and struggle because they can't actually deal with a crisis. They can manufacture them, they can take advantage of them, but they can't actually deal with them. Um, and so we're sort of in this spot where this, like, what is happening now could be them crumbling um, because that's how they have to deal with things. Um, Or it could mean that they're going to keep sending in um, you know, the law and order folks because uh, they've conditioned so many people to see any single protesters like, you're the Antifa, you're like even, you have columnists who are like quote, liberals who are like demonizing Antifa and being like, we shouldn't defend Antifa just to like Fight the fascists. Like, well, what are you doing? Like, well, you're, pl- you're helping them. You're helping this narrative. Right. Um, I'm going to read this, just a brief passage from uh, Robert Pax's book about this kind of thing. Fascist violence was neither random nor indiscriminate. It carried a well-calculated set of coded messages that communist violence was rising, that the democratic state was responding to it ineptly, and that only the fascists were tough enough, tough enough to save the nation from anti-national terrorists. An essential step in the fascist march to acceptance and power was to persuade law and order conservatives and members of the middle class to tolerate fascist violence as a harsh necessity in the face of left provocation. It helped, of course, that many ordinary citizens never feared fascist violence against themselves because they were reassured that it was reserved for national enemies and terrorists who deserved it.
1: So to bring it back to the election a little bit, I mean, we see that rhetoric, of course, already in play in his tweets and everything. But in the campaign videos, the campaign videos that yes. I've seen from Donald Trump are Joe Biden wants no more police. It's not. anything. He, yeah, he's a Joe, uh,
5: Biden, Joe Biden, Biden is a secret Antifa. Right.
1: And yeah, you know, and yeah, he's been showing and-
5: up in block here in Portland. Uh, he chucked <laughs> a right. chucked a Molotov at a Fed the other night
1: changes my view of him entirely but Mm
5: -hmm.
2: then also you get him uh him making statements about portland Mm -hmm. um and he's referring to how we need to we need to lock up the uh aggravators and the anarchists Mm -hmm. uh and that is just like straight up just like it's just it's just again it's the same old playbook um only it's joe biden saying it instead you can't like assign like uh, it's an it's a political ideology He's saying we should lock up the anarchists. That's like saying we'll lock up all the libertarians or we'll lock up all the like whatever it is. Um, and that is a bonkers thing to say. Sorry, Katie. Go ahead.
1: No. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like that is the main thing that he is going to be hammering for the next few months.
2: And it's easy for other people to get like swept up into it. Right. Like, yes. yeah. Joe Biden I mean, didn't need to say we need to lock up all the anarchists or prosecute the anarchists. But it's this sort of tactic of framing everything like this where even the opposition will play into it.
1: And it's all this confusion. I mean, it it even stems back to when this protest movement began. You know, people conflating and also not giving due justice to what um, a rioter is. You know, like, well, let's break down that term. Let's see what this is. Mm -hmm. But that's too much for so many people. And there's just... You know, they can see images of violence and um, and fear, and then there's people that might be on the fence, but really don't like the way this is playing out. Are afraid of the chaos. Um,
2: mm-hmm. And got to bring order to the chaos. If you, uh,
1: and you know who you know, you know who
2: can do it. You know who can bring order to the chaos.
1: The law and order guy.
2: The current president who is residing over all the chaos.
1: The one who the wishes guy to do it. the pimp mm-hmm. well. I. Yeah. I mean not to bring up QAnon. <laughs> I mean but yeah. here I go. I I've just seen <laughs> there's everything is just chaos. There is information <clears throat> abounding from all sides. People are afraid in a myriad I mean, of different he, ways.
5: He, here's here's the reality of the situation unfortunately, um which is that it, everything's already uh, everything's always been chaos for most of of the people on this planet. Everything was chaos yeah. for the people in Bhopal, India. You know, who got fourteen of thousand or so of whom were were choked to death almost immediately when that chemical plant went up. Um, everything was chaos uh, for the Maya people in Guatemala. Two hundred thousand plus of whom uh, were murdered, and tens of thousands more of whom were tortured by the right wing death squads uh, trained by a mix of CIA. Uh, and border patrol agents. Everything was chaos. Has been chaos for you know the kids in Yemen, um, the kids in Pakistan who uh, have you know went and testified in front of our Congress that they're now terrified at the sight of blue skies because it means that drones can come mm-hmm. for them and their families. We've had in this country a wall protecting us from the chaos yes. built of money, yep. uh, yes. money and guns, and. That wall has crumbled in on itself, and now we just have a pile of guns and rotting dollar bills. Um, and we're no longer can trick ourselves into believing that we're safe. Yeah. And that's yeah, the we can't what's keep happening. That
2: bubble going. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, and then the people that have power are manipulating that and using that to their advantage. Um, yeah, it's awesome.
1: It's, it's just cool. It's very cool. Um,
2: we're all fans of it, folks.
1: I just bring that up to say, like, even people, and I've mentioned this on even more news, I think, last week, but people that I wouldn't necessarily consider progressive but not a fan of the president, I've seen sharing QAnon-adjacent, you know, conspiracy theories saying you can't trust any media, neither side, and that is a demoralizing um, state for us to be in a few months away from the election, but I will say, my my dear friend told me the other day that that she had a dream that Biden won, so that's one less thing I have to worry about. So oh, I share that with you guys oh, yeah, great. in case yeah, it brings you any comfort. My friend uh-huh. <laughs> dreamt that Biden won, so we don't need to worry about it.
2: That's excellent. That means I that love her. I'm not is... making fun of her. She
1: said it tongue in cheek. <laughs> I think she believed it, but... But,
2: I mean, yeah. that's like... Um, yeah. It's just the... Um, even the QAnon stuff you're bringing up and, like, all the this adjacent stuff, that's part... I mean, that's obviously part of it, and uh, that's gonna... There's a reckoning there that we have not experienced yet that... Uh, I we I don't even want to open up the QAnon worms right now, really, but, like... No, I,
1: I don't either. Uh,
2: the, but, the, but the current situation now... Uh, aside from all the chaos and all the sort of the veil dropping of uh, what people sort of saw as like, no, we're safe. We're Amer- we're America. It's fine. Um, aside from all that, this pandemic, it's forcing people to stay inside and yeah. um, not really interact with people on, on as much of a human level as they used to. Uh, and a lot of that means that they're going to be online more. And when you're online more your brain rots and it's bad for you and you yeah, believe things you shouldn't. And you, it just, it gets worse and worse. And then you're going to start sharing QAnon memes because you get, mm-hmm. you get sucked down into that little rabbit hole and you're like, Oh no, now I'm buried alive in the rabbit hole. And uh, it, the yeah. pandemic situation has really exacerbated. I think a lot of the QAnon sp- stuff specifically because it is yes. congregated everybody in one, in one just like maddening space uh, yeah, where just, everything is just like, you you gotta grab onto something. You gotta I don't know. It's
1: it feels like it's, it's not it's not good. It's, it's exponentially exploding right now. Yeah. Woo!
5: You know what I love?
1: Ending podcasts?
5: <laughs> no, I don't love ending podcasts. I love
1: Cherry Dr. Pepper.
5: I do. I do love Cherry Dr. Pepper. You know what I love? I love right now um watching the videos coming in from Beirut, the day we filmed this is the day of a horrific explosion that seems to have been the result of of an improperly stored, confiscated ammonium nitrate oh, fireworks and somebody well. Just uh, uh, what's it, it's probably the largest non nuclear explosion, maybe in world history. Um, <clears throat> it, it ju- just unbelievable devastation. The videos yeah. coming out of Beirut yeah. like now look like the end of the damn world.
1: It's horrific.
5: Um, and looking at it and knowing number 1 that this is the not even the beginning cuz beirut has been dealing with um mm-hmm. an economic collapse uh food shortages um the fact that this port was like a major port for a lot of the grain that fed a significant chunk of the middle east so the 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 food shortages are going to get even worse not just in lebanon but all over the rest of the region as a result of this um, a lot of the damage because the economic collapse is never going to be repaired. So huge chunks of the city, people are going to be going without windows and without, you know, um, power um, even more than they already have been. A lot of folks I talked to in Beirut were already dealing with 22 hours a day without electricity before this. Um, just just a complete nightmarish collapse. And it's terrible. And it also it's like a trailer. For what's going to be happening all over more often as the systems around the world, the security systems that individual mm-hmm. nations put in place, um, and kind of international trade systems and, and sort of the basic protections people tried to, to to set in place continue to fray in the face of, of global chaos. I, I'm reminded in what happened in Lebanon, an explosion back in I think 2013 in the town of West Texas. Um, which I was there the very next day. That was that massive uh, ammonium nitrate explosion in that little Texas town that like almost wiped it off the face of the damn map. Yeah. Um, and it's the it's 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 always at the end of the day. Like right now, there's um, conspiracy theory spreading like Israel has bombed Lebanon, and it's not like this. The, the fundamentally kind of the thing <sighs> that we're probably going to find out with Beirut is more or less what we found out with with West and the explosion there, which is that a mix of improper storage, um, uh, a complete like uh, gutting of any sort of regulation or attempts at like um, actually providing uh, a security and protection for things like this by the government um, in order to like cut costs, like all of these things that happen as a state starts to fail, mm-hmm. um, are what resulted in this calamity and what would result in future calamities. And there will be explosions um, like this in in other places, and the suffering will continue to spread um, because at the end of the day, we made a decision as a society to um, suck all of the money out globally from anything that wasn't creating more money. Uh, yeah. And it's good.
1: I mean, in so many different capacity, things are going to continue to be destabilized um and this is an effect like again going back to how bad could he be you know when he was elected in 2016 remember and i've mentioned this before on shows uh having a conversation with an old friend who was a trump supporter um and him being like yeah because he works in construction wanting deregulation saying you know all this stuff wanting and i understand that Zoning laws can be tricky and dumb on a municipal level, you know, like locally. But regulations in general are there for a reason, as you were just mentioning with Beirut. Um, It's
5: And and regulations and um, watchdog groups that attempt to... Like a, a lot of the reason why shit has gotten to be such a problem in Beirut is that you have all these like this is like 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 people in Beirut have been protesting and like livid over corruption in in their local and national government for a long time and like it, it other calam- calamities have been occurring for a while as a result of this corruption and incompetence there were massive wildfires not all that long ago that were horribly exacerbated by the fact that like money that was supposed to go towards a, per, allowing the state to yes. fight these wildfires and train people was lining mm-hmm. the uh, pockets of corrupt officials um and and it, we're just seeing this cycle accelerate all over the world, basically everywhere. Um, and whenever people try to stop it and you have things like the Panama Papers, right, where like some brave crusading yeah. journalist will reveal a chunk of the massive worldwide graft network um, that, that keeps making everything worse. They kill them with a firebomb in their car um, and everybody moves on and uh conservatives convince everyone that it's much more reasonable to be angry at the fact uh that a single kid on a college campus lit Steven Crowder's book on fire or some stupid shit like that uh, whatever like dumb bullshit mm-hmm. um it's all terrible and i hate it
2: it's bad um, stupid it's um unhelpful everything the president uh speaking of everything we just talked about just shared that that fun little gif where it says Trump twenty twenty, then Trump twenty twenty four, then Trump twenty twenty eight, then yeah twenty thirty two, and and it's jokes about how he's going to be the president forever because that's what good presidents do. They very, try to very like, fun. my favorite thing about uh, presidents is when they uh, viscerally hate more than half the country and try to make that half of the country mad uh, every every second of the day.
1: But he's a nice guy.
5: He is a nice guy. He wishes that child predator he wishes well.
2: The child,
5: Yep.
1: It yeah. all and all, we really need PowerPoint. to think
5: about, you know, at the end of the day, not the people of Lebanon, um, not all of the people suffering in our own country, not the folks uh, staring houselessness in the face, uh, not the, the hundreds of thousands of refugees around the world still in camps from conflicts from Syria to Malaysia. What we really need to think about and dedicate our, our sympathy towards is that child rapist. Mm hmm. God bless her. Um, Thank you, Gillen Maxwell, for your sacrifices. Oh, I believe I
1: remember you in a past episode saying that you refused to learn how to pronounce her name. Yeah, I was about to say Katie, like
5: every figure anyone ever trusted, I was always a liar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, stay in your jizz lane.
1: Um, Oh, that's good, Cody. Cody. Sorry, I'm
5: sorry. Oh, that one hurt. That one really did some damage to me. A good Look,
1: place for us to wrap we're all doing this our up. Best. Okay, stay in your goddamn giz lane, y'all. Oh my God. Uh, yep I will you... never
2: not pronounce it gislane lane. I'm sorry. Look, if you oh, yeah, want to make the world giz-lane. better,
5: find a child predator near you and express solidarity with them. <laughs> wish wish, we them, well. Yeah, wish them well. Yeah, and then when you're asked
2: about a civil rights hero uh, ten minutes later, be like, I don't know the guy. What are you talking about? And then move on. Yeah. Ugh. Dan- That's
4: how Dan-al, to please edit this in the funniest way possible. No, no, <laughs> Daniel, Leave it just cut to in. me saying this. Keep it all in. Keep it all in.
2: Keep it all in. Yeah.
4: This is the end of the episode. You can follow Katie on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at, at Katie Stoll. You can follow Cody on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Mr. Cody. You can follow Robert on Twitter at I Write OK. You can follow this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Worst Year Pod. We have a merch store. Got stuff in it. That's all the things and you should wash your hands, wear a face mask, and have a stay.
3: Everything's so dumb.
6: Everything's so dumb and it's gonna get dumber. Great.
4: I dread Yes. Daniel?
6: Lovely.
1: Worst year ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.